Well, I think I know most of you, some of you I'm not acquainted with, but I hope we get to know each other. Um, so the presentation is Farming with Kids, so you all know where you are and if you're supposed to be here. Um, I just would like to start out with a word of prayer before we begin. So. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us, that you would send your Holy Spirit to speak through me, Lord, let my words be yours. And um, Lord, may we learn from one another in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so, um, I'll let these guys come in and sit down. So my name is Deidre Dealey, and this is my family. We have four kids, um, ages 14 down to six, and we live in Hermosa, South Dakota, and we have a small market farm there. And um, so we were not always farmers, so Matt and I got married in 2003 and he was a builder and I was going to school for nursing um, and we he grew up in the Adventist church and I had been an Adventist for about three years at the time that we got married and we didn't know you know we knew the foundational beliefs of Adventism but we hadn't really done a lot of studying into the writings of Ellen White or um, you know how we should raise a family because we were young and not really thinking about those things ourselves and then in about 2008, we met a lovely couple. Some of you might know Larry and Michelle Lesher. And at the time, they had an organic farm in Seattle area. And so this, they were just coming into the Adventist church um, kind of because they were vegan and they, kind of, they were excited to find a church that was into the health message. And we had been Adventists, but we hadn't ever really learned about the health message. And so it, this like phase in our life became a really transitional phase and growing spiritually and in health and learning new things. And so they really inspired us because with their small organic farm to start a garden of our own. But we didn't have like we just had huge trees all around us. So we had um, shade everywhere. So our first garden was actually behind our church they had a big open field and so we went and asked them you know can we plant a garden and not knowing any better we planted about a half an acre <laughs> and it went crazy and um so that was kind of our our very first taste of it and matt thought well this is really cool and it was when josiah our oldest was about 18 months old and um he and i went out there every day and Matt would come after work and we'd work in the garden together. And um, we got some really good family time. Um, but it wasn't, and, and so then the next year, Larry and Michelle were um, in South Dakota at the Black Hills Health and Education Center and they called us and they said, you wanna come farm with us for the summer. And so that was our first experience at a market garden. And we've been market gardening ever since. So we. Um, have grown in four different states, we've been at two different institutions, and we've started our own farm. And so we've been back in South Dakota now for about five years. Um, and we, our farm's called Tobias Garden, and there's a story behind that name if you wanna hear it. But, um, and so the main people that have been on that whole journey with us are our kids. And, um, so I wanna talk about why we farm and we farm with kids because our kids were a big reason why we decided to go into agriculture to begin with. Um, so like all parenting, it's never one size fits all. So what works for us may not work for you or you or like, you know, where you live or whatever, but I'm just gonna give you 
um, an overview of kind of like what it looks like for us to be farming with kids and the things that we've found that, to be challenging and to be beneficial. So um, there are very successful farmers like Jean-Martin Fortier who, because they don't want to overwork, they'll send their kids to daycare and they have like a scheduled work hours, okay? And that was not an option for us. We didn't want to send our kids somewhere else to be educated by someone else. And we wanted to be the ones raising our own, ch own children. And what really drove us to make that decision is that we discovered this author, and um, this author writes all kinds of self-help books, parenting books, time management books, and some people may have heard of her, some people haven't. Her name is Ellen White. And so we started reading some Ellen White books, and we found inspiration there, and it, we were just so convinced that the agrarian lifestyle was the best place to raise our children and really the best place for us to be working as well. So these, this is my list of recommended reading. If you haven't read these or parts of these, I would just really encourage you to even just go and read the chapters that seem relevant to your situation because, I mean, I could put quotes up here all day and you'd probably fall asleep even though they're so interesting. But reading it off of a screen isn't, um, isn't gonna you know, impress you like it would if you read it yourself. So what did we learn from reading these books? So we learned that we are the best people to teach our children. We learned that Jesus is the teacher. There's a quote that says that Jesus is um, the teacher and we are to be his understudies to teach our children. So we're just his helpers. We learned that an agrarian lifestyle was the original plan for God's people. It was his plan in the garden. It was his plan for the Israelites and that nature is the second lesson book. So the first one being the Bible and nature being the second. And that the greatest education that we can give to our children is to develop, to develop their character. So it's not about worldly wisdom. It's about wisdom that's gonna last through eternity. So here's my one quote. For the first eight or 10 years of a child's life, the field or garden is the best schoolroom, the mother the best teacher, nature the best lesson book. Even when the child is old enough to attend school, his health should be regarded as of greater importance than a knowledge of books. He should be surrounded with the conditions most favorable to both physical and mental growth. And so we really took that to heart, and with our kids, we haven't started any scholastic material until they were about eight years old, and even a little bit later with our son, um, because boys need that extra time. And, you know, praise the Lord, it's been a benefit. So here he is with Michelle Lesher potting up some tomato plants. Um, and so farming with kids, when they called me and they asked me if I wanted to lecture about this, I'm like, I'm so not qualified. Um, please find someone else, thank you, I'll pray about it, goodbye. And they called back and they said, we really want you to do it. And I had kind of done the um, William Miller thing, like, Lord, if, if they call back, I'll do it. And they called back and I'm like, why, Lord? Um, because I feel like, like I said, many of you are going through this and um, many of you are already living through it. But it is the question that I'm asked most often at conferences like this, how do you guys do it? How do you do it all? And um, it's a difficult question, but it's also a simple question to answer. And the simple answer is that you just involve your kids in everything that you do. And every experience that they get, every 
thing that you go through with them, they are learning and they're growing. And um, so every experience is an opportunity to teach them. And that's kind of a mantra that we live by. Um, is it's, it's not just education where you sit down and you do a book, it's full on life education. So here's um, my two oldest. I'm just gonna show you if you, I'm gonna bombard you with pictures of my kids. <laughs> so um, they are now 14 and almost 12. And so this is when they were younger, they're helping harvest head lettuce. So farming with kids also looks like this. And um, it's hard to see the dirty faces, but you see the messy hair. <laughs> um, it looks like this. This is us getting ready to seed a bunch of seeds in the springtime. It also looks like this sometimes. So their ingenuity amazes me sometimes with the metal roofing and the um, car seat. They made a slide and just always like mud is just an invitation, right? This was a broken irrigation line that they took full advantage of right in the middle of the greenhouse. Um, so sometimes it looks like this. It's a little messy, right? And sometimes it looks like this and sometimes it looks like this <laughs> a little exhausting um so my strength is not coming up with like object nature lessons you know you run into these moms that are like making little object lessons out of everything and i've never been really good at doing that on the fly but i'm gonna try to throw out an object lesson because pastor lemon talked about how important they were so i'm gonna um, akin life to a tree okay and so the farther along we go in life the higher we get up in the tree and we can explore and we can grow with it and we can climb the branches and reach higher and higher so with our kids we want to keep our goal in mind and so that first goal is to their development of their character and um, that they can grow in knowledge and stature and in favor with God and man, just like Jesus did. So in the Desire of Ages, she talks about Jesus growing in knowledge and stature and favor with God and man. And that's our desire for our children, to follow in his footsteps. Um, we want to prepare our children for the Lord's return. And then as we're doing those things, we want to bring others up into the tree with us and share those blessings with them. Do you guys agree with that? Okay. So when they're really young, so when they're infants, they, you just have to, their basic needs met. Um, we <laughs> planned not to have children during the farming season. I know that sounds really crazy, but like we always, thankfully, we never had like a tiny infant during farming season. Our closest was born in April. And um, so when I had little kids, so this was my youngest, she was my April baby. And I carried her in a sling a lot. I believe in baby wearing and strengthening that bond. And so I had all kinds of wraps. You know, sometimes I'd have to have them on my back when I was harvesting. But oftentimes that was really cumbersome. You know, I have a dear friend that doesn't have any kids. And she says, well, if I had a baby, I'd just strap it to my back and go to work. You know, women in other countries do it. It's really uncomfortable and you have to worry about them getting sunburnt. And so a lot of times they end up here or they end up there, you know, and they just want to be held. And so just really, and so taking time to meet their basic needs and when they're really young, oftentimes that means you have to stop and you have to feed them when they need to be fed. And, um, you know, when they get a little older, sometimes they eat and then it doubles as the sleeping situation. So that high chair reclines and she slept in that thing so much. 
We used our pack and play a lot. Um, with Josiah, my oldest, he was running by nine months, and so nothing could contain him. But so um, we had this on the top right, that was like the little play area that we had like fenced in to keep him contained in our first garden at the church. And we spent all this time working on putting that up. And like literally the first day he was 18 months old, he was out of that thing every five minutes. Like there was no keeping him in there. So, I mean, really the, the best thing, um, there's no substitute for cl close parental supervision. And the sooner they can work alongside you, the better, because that's really when they're going to be learning the most. And he learned very quickly. He couldn't crawl through the beds. You know, he had to crawl through the walk paths, and he couldn't pull up all the plants. And it's amazing how they can learn at such a young age to distinguish, like, the plants from the weeds. So, um, oh, and I was going to say, we used baby monitors a lot, too. Like, we'd put him down to nap in the house and then go out to the farm. But some places we didn't live close enough to do that, so it had to be, like, a pack-and-play situation or um, like on the left-hand side there, we had like a canopy that was, anyway. We just tried to make it fun for them to be there. So I put this in there as um, just a story. So on our first farm in Washington, um, there were so many worms there and Josiah just loves to play with creepy crawlies. And Hosanna was very young, she was crawling around and um, he would show her things and you know i would i would keep an eye on them and i remember one day i was working down i was weeding a bed and i was working farther away from them and i saw him take some worms over to her and i'm like buddy don't let her don't don't let her put it in there don't let her put it and pretty soon i'm up and running and i grab you know she's putting a handful of worms in her mouth and i grab her arm just as she gets her lips closed around it and you know like all the dirt off the worms into her mouth and um you know those experiences even though it makes us squeamish as parents they're great for our kids they're you know fulfilling all of those sensations they're learning they're getting inoculated with great germs <laughs> um and so just you know when they're very little we're sitting under this proverbial tree and we're like hanging out in the grass with them and we're we're letting them experience like all the new things in life okay and so it really should be a time that we focus on their needs more than focusing on the work. And I know that's hard to do, but so as they grow and they become toddlers and little kids, they're more eager to please and they always want to be with us. They're always hanging on us. And so sometimes this stage can be the most daunting because they're so needy and they just want to be with you all the time and it's hard to get work done. And, um, but it is the best age to develop good helpers. And um, we need to be patient and take our time with them so that we don't miss out on this because really you're laying the foundation of that character and teaching them to be helpers. And so this is a picture of Matt seeding, planting flower seeds with my two youngest. And could he have gone through there and just busted it out really fast? Yes, he could have. But to sit there and make sure that they're planting one seed or two seeds in every hole takes a lot of time. But it's time invested. And uh, we often, you know, I joke with Hosanna because she's my little princess and she's always wearing these fancy dresses. 
And like right here, she's helping transplant and she's just covered in dirt. And people are like, oh, aren't you worried about? And I'm like, no, I want them to, I want the farm to be a comfortable place for them to be no matter what. And um, a, like I said, a place for learning. So here's just a few more pictures of my kids at this age, just being helpers. So Josiah in the two left-hand pictures, when we interned at the Black Hills, we had, he had his own little garden plot and he named it Hosanna Garden. And he planted, he started everything there himself and he planted it all, you know, obviously we helped him, but he really was so excited and it, it just developed this love in him for growing things and seeing that through and then harvesting it. And he's one of my best veggie lovers. Like, he'll eat anything. Um, and here's a few more pictures of, <laughs> of the kids. And I just love this one with the chicken over here. Animals are so great to teach kids about life. Um, and a few more. I love this one of Hadassah. This was a Daystar. See what's in her back pocket? She's carrying a snack for later. <laughs> So when kids at that age are under the tree, we're starting to let them explore that tree a little bit, maybe holding them up to the lower branches and showing them what life means. And this is how we live life and this is how we're good people. And so then as they mature and they become older kids and maybe even preteens, they love being in charge of things, right? So it's good to give them responsibilities on the, on the farm and to help them find out what their interests are and to allow them to be a part of decision-making. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the decision-making thing um, a little bit later. But our kids just thrive when we give them responsibility over something. And so, and then they find out what they really like to do and then we help them pursue that. So here's Hannah. She's my just turned eight-year-old. And ever since she was pretty young, she had a love for flowers. And we don't grow a lot of flowers on the farm. It's just not a priority right now. I hope someday it will be. And maybe she'll make it be. But Hannah last year decided that she really wanted to grow her own flowers. And so we gave her two beds. And she picked out the seeds. And we planted them together. And she grew them. And she um, took them to the, to the fair. And she won an award. And she won a gift card so she can buy more seeds. And it's just something that she loves to do. And so we are helping her to kind of pursue that interest that she has already at such a young age. Um, Hadassah is our 12-year-old, and her, she loves to be, like, in charge. She's the smallest girl, but she loves to be large and in charge. So she could literally run farmer's market by herself. She runs the cash register. She counts change back to people. She... Um, when we're doing our CSA, she's like keeping order of things and labeling all the boxes. And so she's very kind of analytically minded. And so that's what she loves to do. And then our oldest, Josiah, he's great at harvesting. It's like one of his favorite things to do on the farm. And so a lot of times he's in charge of making sure the things get harvested. And um, he also got some chickens because he was really interested in that. And so he's been doing it for a few years now and he's deciding that maybe it's not the funnest thing in the world and that's okay um, because he got to try it out and just kind of see. And um, they love to sell food. So um, a lot of times when we come back from farmer's market, this is just kind of at the end of our dirt road. They, her sign says fresh, um, food from our garden and they'll just sit at the end of the road and sell food to passers-by that's just kind of like extras from the market that day 
And just seeing them learning to interact with people is really amazing. So those are some of the things that as they get older, they, they really like to do. And I'm just longing for the day that they can go to market by themselves. <laughs> so as they mature and they turn into teens and, pre and even some in the preteens, they really need to be challenged. So um, idle time is not a good thing. And in the summertime, we don't do any schooling because I cannot do it. Like our summer, our season is so hard and fast. Like our last frost date is May 15th and our first frost date is October 15th. So our growing window is very short and hard. And so I'm like, no. So in the summer, if we get busy, they can tend to have idle time. So we need, so we're just finding, so our kids are just like, my oldest is 14 and then um, Hadassah is 12 and we're just starting to find that we really need to give them challenges and keep them busy. Um, and so we're starting this year to give them charge over more tasks. So we've had family meetings and um, we've talked about like, what is something that you might want to pursue or specialize in in the farm that you can do to make your own money? So the young, young entrepreneur's idea. Um, and then we're giving them more input in the family firm. So we're kind of shifting since COVID. We used to do a lot of wholesale sales. And so we are kind of a third, a third, a third wholesale CSA and um, farmer's market. And then COVID hit and our wholesale just disappeared overnight because all of our restaurants closed. And so, you know, we're like, what do you guys think we should do? Do you wanna keep going to market? Should we just focus on the CSA? And they're like, no, we wanna to go to market. We love doing that. And so we're, can, you know, we're giving them, letting them have some input about those decisions um, and then helping them to, you know, just as we work through the problems and um, make decisions, we're giving them more of that. And so this year, um, Hadassah, we're going to start training her because she's so analytical and she likes order. We're going to start training her with the bookkeeping side of things. And so she really wants to learn how to use QuickBooks. And um, so I'm going to work with her on that. And then she's probably going to start taking over our CSA management as well. So we use Harvey, which some of you might be familiar with, to manage our CSA. And it's very easy to kind of input things. And I think that she could do it. So um, we're going to start working with her on that and giving her more responsibility there. And Josiah has always kind of had his own little garden anyway. He's always. Um, he loves to try new things like he grew peanuts one year because he wanted to try to make peanut butter and i'm like peanuts are not going to grow in south dakota but he grew them and he roasted them and he made peanuts and so he's he he likes to try different things he's really interested in seed saving and in propagation and so um you know we just love to give him space to do those things so um at this state, if we're talking about our, our theoretical tree, they're climbing up those branches and they're exploring on their own. And we're still there to support them and encourage them, but they're making their way up. So um, let's see. So some things to think about is um, the transitions of ages. So as I'm talking about, you know, as they're really little and they start getting bigger and they turn into teens, just to be thinking about that and prepare ahead because some things can really catch you by surprise. And um, there's, been t there's been a couple instances like um, 
you know, we've been going to homeschool co-op and especially with Josiah, like being an older boy, like all boys want to talk about is video games. And that's not really what we do in our house. And so it starts to kind of creep in and you need to kind of think about like, what are their peers doing at those ages and what are we going to do about that? And what alternatives are we going to give them? And then also think about how transparent you want to be with your kids. So we've chosen to be really transparent with our kids about the business, about our income, because that enables them to make to help us make decisions. You know, if they didn't know anything about the business, then how can they make a decision about it? And so we're just really transparent with them about where we stand with the farm. And I know that a lot of people are not, don't, they don't want their kids to know anything about the finances. Um, and then as they get older, um, you got to think about motivation versus incentivization. Um, why are they going to keep helping, right? They kind of get that, get older and they get that attitude, well, I'm not getting anything out of this. Um, and we've met people that their kids are just so over the farm, they won't do anything unless they're paying them to work on the farm. And I'm not saying that kids shouldn't be rewarded for their hard work, because they definitely should, but just what is that going to look like, you know? And then ultimately down the road are you going to be integrating them into the family business and what does that look like are they going to have their own specialty are they going to um, take over what you've been doing are they going to be just an employee so we know farmers that they're like third generation but he is he's like my age and he just works for his dad he's only an employee he doesn't have any freedom to make any decisions he can't try new varieties of things it's what dad says goes so, I mean, do you want them to just be an employee or do you want them to be a part of innovation and helping that business to grow? Um, and so, I really didn't know, so when I was putting this presentation together, I was kind of talking about all these things or thinking about all these things and thinking, you know, most people, we know how to keep our kids alive. We know how to meet their basic needs. Like, what do people mean? What do moms really mean when they come up to me and they say, how, how do you do it all, you know? And I had this like aha moment in the middle of the night and I'm like, they're not asking about the kids. They're asking how we do it as parents. And, and um, so just a little bit about the father's role and the mother's role. And I try to leave a lot of time for questions because the more we talk, the more questions we all kind of have and can bounce around off each other. But so the father's role. Um, so Matt, my husband, has obviously stepped aside from his work so that he could have an active role in raising our children. And we just believe that that is the model that we are to have. Um, and so praise the Lord, because with the Industrial the Industrial Revolution, we um, gained a lot of things, but we lost fathers from that home environment, and they are to be the spiritual leaders of the home. And how can they do that if they see their kids, you know, for a brief moment in the morning and then a brief moment before bed? And there are times that I have really, really needed him to be there, and he's been there, and so it's just amazing that he's taken on that role, and praise the Lord for that. But the mother's role. <laughs> so the mother's role, we are like the command station. So I have this wall at my house and I call it the command station. And it has, you know, pockets to put stuff in. It has my calendar on it. It has chore charts. 
And there are some really fun ideas, like if you go on Pinterest and you look for like command station or something like that, you know, of some really nice, pretty ones, but that's not mine. But um, so some things that have made doing it all easier for me is having a calendar and having it up on the wall so everybody knows what to expect. And I literally put everything on the calendar. I put our farmer's markets, I put our CSA days, I put any doctor's appointments, you know, everything I can. I put days off. <laughs> And um, we really do schedule days off in the summer because if not, it won't happen. And then I meal plan too. And I'm not always the best about this because it does take a little bit of time, but I'll, I'll sit down and I'll just jot down on a calendar like for the whole month, like what we're gonna do for meals. And honestly, it can be so simple. And in the summertime, we eat haystacks almost every day because I can put beans in the crock pot and I can put rice in the oven and then the kids can go up and they can cut vegetables while we're finishing up and then we just come together and have a meal. And so it doesn't have to be like super fancy. Um, you know that we love cooking and so we do get a little fancier like in the winter time when we have more time to focus on that. But the kids really help with the meals. Um, so kids helping in the home so this is really important it should not be neglected and even at a very young age they should be given jobs to do and the spirit of prophecy is very clear on this that that they should not be left to be slack and to not be helping their their mother and their father and fulfilling their duties in the home because like i said when they're really young you're setting that foundation and if you wait to have expectations for them until they're 10 years old they're going to be like yeah right like, I've never had to do that before. <laughs> so, and then most of all, just don't try to do everything. So learn how to say no. And you can say no to your kids. You can say no to people at church. You can say no to extracurriculars when you homeschool. Like in our area, there's a lot of homeschool groups and there's a lot of things that we could be doing. But in the summer, I just have a no policy for extracurriculars because it's just, it's really hard to fit it in. In the, in the wintertime, we do take advantage of those things, but in the summer, we just, we don't. And, and our kids know that, and so when you set that standard and they, it's an expectation, then there's no surprises, and so then there's no disappointment. And really have grace for one another and don't expect perfection, because I'm not perfect. I can't expect my kids to be perfect by any means. So... Um, Moms working in the field. So how many of you expect that if you have a market garden, mom is going to be out there working, right? So I am a hard worker. I've always been a hard worker. We built homes when we were first married together, and I was in there doing drywall and helping him do all the stuff. And so we just work together. We've always worked together. And so the farm was like the logical progression of that. So if your husband was, if my husband was a doctor, would I be expected to go perform surgery with him? If my doctor was a builder, am I expected to go and hang drywall with him? But for some reason, farming, the profession of farming, the moms are expected to really carry the, the load and the burden on the farm almost as much as, as the husband is. And I would like um, to just put forth the challenge that maybe that is not the case maybe we need to be focusing on our children more than on producing the income on the farm. 
And that is something that we're really, really working towards in, in our farm. And I'm not saying that I should never be out there. I'm not saying that we, the kids and I shouldn't be out helping, because we should. But it shouldn't be so busy that we lose the opportunity to teach them and to make it an educational and a, and a growth experience for them. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.